<laughs> I don't know if it'll work or not. <laughs> That'll be John's role as assistant today, is just to hold that above my head. That's a <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to worship. Special special welcome to uh, any friends, guests, or visitors we have with us, and welcome to those as well who are joining us online or by phone this morning, too. Today is Pentecost Sunday. I see several uh, red items of clothing out there. We're, we're celebrating uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit today. We're also uh, celebrating Trinity's Musician Appreciation Day, and we'll have a uh, brief recognition uh, here in a moment, but uh, giving thanks for all the people who are involved in our music program here at Trinity. After church today, uh, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's also uh, World Environment Day. And so Bob Lindmeyer, who is uh, the meteorologist, the senior meteorologist at the ABC station here in Madison, My, uh, I think my battery ran out on my microphone. So after church today, we have Bob Lindmeyer, who's going to be giving a presentation on climate change and faith um, downstairs in our fellowship hall. Uh, Bob is not only the uh, chief meteorologist at the ABC station, but he's also a member of St. John's Lutheran in uh, Oregon, so he can share from his perspective as a Lutheran as well. Next Sunday, um, we're going to be having uh, a special celebration in honor of Trinity's history and mission. Um, It's Holy Trinity Sunday in the church calendar, uh, so it seems fitting that Trinity Lutheran would have a special Sunday on Trinity Sunday. It's also around the time that our congregation was founded in 1906. And last year, um, had we been together, would have been the 70th Uh, anniversary of the construction and dedication of this uh, building, this this sanctuary that we're in. So several things to celebrate next Sunday. We're also hoping to welcome um, some new members next Sunday as well. So it should be another fun and festive day uh, at Trinity next week. Are there any other announcements before we recognize our musicians? If not, I just want to take a moment here at the beginning of our service to recognize uh, the members of our vocal and bell choirs, our global and other musicians. If you are involved in music here at Trinity in any way, I would like you to please stand for a moment. And let's thank these people for sharing their gifts for us here at Trinity. And if we, you can all be seated, but I also want to give special recognition to Wendy Ward, our Director of Music. Let's give a round of applause to Wendy. (laughs) 
I put this quote from Martin Luther in uh, the announcement about this day. Uh, Martin Luther was known to have said, Next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. And so we are so thankful for the ways that our music program here preaches to us, teaches us about God's ways. And with that in mind, let us join in a word of prayer of thanks to God for our church musicians. Please pray with me. O God of majesty, whom saints and angels delight to worship, pour out your spirit on your servants who, with the gifts of music, enliven our praises and proclaim your word with power. Through this ministry, give us new awareness of your beauty and grace and join our voices with all the choirs of heaven, both now and forever. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Begin our service with our prelude music. Please, please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the waters of baptism, we have passed over from death to life with Jesus Christ. And we are a new creation. For this saving mystery and for this water, let us bless God, who was, who is, and who is to come. We thank you, God, for your river of life, flowing freely from your throne, through the earth, through the city, through every living thing. You rescued Noah and his family from the flood. You opened wide the sea for the Israelites, 
Now in these waters you flood us with mercy, and our sin is drowned forever. You open the gate of righteousness, and we pass safely through. In Jesus Christ you calm and trouble the waters. You nourish us and enclose us in safety. You call us forth and send us out in lush and barren places. You are with us. You have become our salvation. Now breathe upon this water and awaken your church once more. Claim us again as your beloved and holy people. Quench our thirst, cleanse our hearts, wipe away every tear. To you, our beginning and our end, our shepherd and lamb, be honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O Spirit of love, O Spirit of life, at Pentecost you poured yourself into tongue-tied apostles, setting their lips ablaze and the tones and textures of their neighbor's speech, so that all could be drawn to the story of your love. Rouse and enliven us with that same fire, so that we too might be poured out in ecstatic love for our neighbors, drawing them into the abundant life we find only in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Our first reading is from Acts, the second chapter. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and smoke, smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading is from Romans, the eighth chapter. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Word of God, word of life. Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, And in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Please pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us, Holy Spirit, 
Guide us, Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't get this to stay on my head, so you'll just have to imagine it during the sermon. That's it, yeah. What's it? Yeah, try not see if that works a little bit. Let's see. See? <laughs> it might, might be a little distracting for right now, but we'll, I'll, I'll put it on later. <laughs> so some of you may remember, and I'll explain it for those of you who weren't there, but um, last year we were doing a series of neighborhood walks where we would meet here at the church or we'd meet elsewhere and we'd go for a walk paying attention to how God might be active, paying attention to how God might be leading us. We did that in a couple different ways. We had these I spy activities. You know, remember playing as a kid, I spy with my little eye. But this time we were trying to be detectives of divinity, paying attention for how God might be at work in our context. Another time we went on what we called a Lydia walk, where, as you might remember from the reading a couple of weeks ago, uh, the story of Paul and his companions going out, uh, guided by the Holy Spirit and encountering a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. And her whole household was converted, and she extended hospitality to them. And so based on that story, we went on a neighborhood walk where we went down to the river, uh, trying to pay attention, trying to look for people who might also be wearing purple, like Lydia was. Uh, We didn't run into anyone named Lydia, but I know I learned things about our neighborhood from those on that walk things about how this community has been a faithful presence in this neighborhood for generations. But on one of those neighborhood walks, I remember I was out with Roberta, and she and I went walking uh, that way, down towards kind of by the Barrymore and back into the neighborhood behind the theater. And we went by Bad Dog Frida, which is uh, a pet supply store. Uh, And Roberta and I were just talking as we went, and it was on that day that a seed got planted, at least for me, that was like, could we someday partner with bad dog Frida? Uh, Here's this, uh, you know, beloved institution in our business, in our neighborhood. Could we find a way to partner with them? It was a little later that fall uh, that I decided to reach out to them and say, we're going to have a pet festival in our parking lot. Would you like to be involved? And to my surprise, I mean, I expected maybe they'd be interested in doing something, but uh, it felt to me kind of like a a loaves and fishes kind of moment where I went with a small request to them, and they came back with uh, treats for dogs and cats, gift baskets to raise money for uh, underdog pet rescue. And that event grew and grew as the fall went on. It was a moment of surprising abundance. Now, we Lutherans aren't very good at naming the presence and activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think it's partially because we're kind of modest or kind of shy, maybe. I don't know. Uh, And, you know, you could look back at that neighborhood walk with Roberta and say, you know, that was just intuition or, or chance or luck. But at least in my life, as I look back, I recognize those moments where there's been a, a slight nudge, perhaps, in the right direction. Many of you know Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He described his life as having a guided drift. Remember, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian pastor by training. And he noticed as he looked back over his life, as he uh, drifted down the river of life, there was a sense of being uh, guided in that. Moments where he was 
directed to use his gifts for good, moments where he was directed into relationships. And that's often been my experience of the Holy Spirit as well. I don't always recognize it in the moment, but looking back, I see those moments where I was perhaps nudged in the right direction for God's purposes. Just as another example, I've been thinking about our relationship with Madison Church. Madison Church is that congregation that that moved in downstairs in March. Looking back over the past couple of years, uh, back in early 2020, before the pandemic, Pastor Stephen of Madison Church and I were in a colleague group called Missio Madison, a place for pastors to come together and support one another, pray one another, and discern mission in this context. And in a lot of ways, I don't think Stephen and I would have gotten to know each other had it not been for that program. We run in very different parts of the church world. Uh, but thanks to that, that program, we ended up forming this friendship. And when my wife Kristen went into the hospital for a uh, time last year, it was Pastor Stephen who continually reached out to me with encouragement and prayer. He organized our small group to put together uh, a gift card for food uh, in the meantime. And so when he reached out to me late last year and said, you know, we're about to lose our space in the Marquette neighborhood. Do you think I could come take a look at your building? We followed that gentle nudge into conversations here at Trinity, and it has led to this relationship where they are worshiping down here on Sunday mornings. And I don't know about you, but I experienced the fruit of joy, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit when they joined us in worship on Palm Sunday. There is this this guided drift when we look back into places of life and joy. When I was a student in seminary, you go through this thing called clinical pastoral education, where you often serve as a chaplain in some kind of clinical setting. And I remember early on in my experience as a student chaplain, I was quite nervous about going into moments of crisis or going into a room where someone has just died and to try and offer some kind of comfort to a family that is grieving. That was very overwhelming to me. And I remember my supervisor uh, sharing this with my supervisor, and my supervisor saying to me, Andy, the Holy Spirit is waiting for you on the other side of that door. You are not alone. All you have to do is show up and be attentive to this person and be attentive to the presence of God in that room. And for me, at least, that really helped to know that I wasn't there bringing the Holy Spirit to them, but I was joining the Holy Spirit that was already there. And as I think about that neighborhood walk and these relationships with Madison Church, it helps us to reframe a little bit, to think that we don't just have the Holy Spirit with us, but we're joining the Holy Spirit out in the neighborhood, that the Holy Spirit is already active and present in our lives, and we just have to pay attention for it, pay attention for that guided drift. How is God giving me gifts for this moment? How is God inviting me into a relationship? Because there is a surprising fruitfulness when we are in line with the Holy Spirit. Just one final example. If you haven't picked up yet, I'm giving examples of the Holy Spirit at work here and now. I've been thinking about how this congregation raises up leaders. You know, for the size of congregation that we are, I think we kind of punch above our weight in terms of lifting up new leaders for the church. I think about Nathan Houston, our seminarian, who came here and found his way to baptism. And this congregation lifted him up for leadership. 
I think of Carolyn Schneider serving in Jamaica. You know, not many congregations have a seminarian, let alone a missionary as well. This congregation lifted her up, sent her, and continues to support her. I think about how Churchwide Assembly is coming up this August, and our congregation is sending two representatives from our synod. Not one, but two, including a young adult, which is hard to find. Just ask anyone in the synod office. This congregation has the spirit providing fruit and leadership in our midst, not only for the wider church, but within our congregation. We have long-time servants that the Spirit has given us, generous and faithful people. But we also have new leaders. Just in the last year, we've added several new people to our planning council, and the Spirit has continued to lift up those gifts and those leaders. We all know the story of Pentecost from Acts 2. We hear it every year. When the disciples were all together 50 days after the resurrection and the Spirit came upon them, tongues of flame appeared above their heads, and they were able to share the good news in languages that could be heard by others. But I think it's a mistake to think that Pentecost only happened 2,000 years ago, that it's something that continues to happen here and now, that the gift of the Spirit is given to us in our baptism and that we continue to see those nudges, those empowerments, those leaders being raised up for the church. We continue to see the good news heard despite all of the challenges in our current context to share that good news. Too often, I believe, we have too low of expectations for the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of anxiety, not just here, but throughout the church, about the future of the church. But we don't believe that we create the church. It was never up to us. The Holy Spirit created the church on Pentecost And the Spirit creates and empowers the church now. So unless we think that the Spirit is going away, (laughs) I don't think the church has much to worry about. The church might change. It might not look the way it has always looked. But the Spirit is not abandoning us. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us today, I'm giving you another advocate, someone to walk alongside you, to walk alongside you in the neighborhood, to walk alongside you into those difficult places, to those moments of crisis, one to walk with you into relationship and to walk with you uh, here and as you depart today. There is an advocate alongside you, giving you that guided drift, leading you into life and joy in surprising and abundant ways. Pentecost didn't just happen 2,000 years ago. It happens here. And now it happens with you. Amen.
set free from captivity to sin and death. We pray to the God of resurrection for the church, people in need, and all of creation. Holy living one, holy moving one, burst open our locked doors and by your spirit drive us out into the world proclaiming your mighty deeds. Direct our words and actions, trusting the advocate abiding in and among us. God, in your mercy, feed and care for creatures that remain hidden to us, yet contribute to the vibrancy of your creation. Train us to interact with creation from a place of wonder, awe, and reverence. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Send your spirit to places where language is a barrier to justice and mercy for those who seek it. Bless the work of translators, interpreters, and teachers. Promote understanding for the sake of those longing for true freedom and peace. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort all who live in constant fear and any who are suffering, especially Darlene, Jackie, Mary, Randy, Leticia, and Denia. Remind them that your spirit has made them your children and that they are never far from your glory. God, in your mercy. Guide all bishops, pastors, missionaries, and other ministers of the gospel. Foster our relationships with partner synods and local ministry partners, especially Lutheran Social Services and the Congregation of the East Madison Conference, that our visions and actions are spirit-led. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gather your people across regions, nations, and lands. Root our common life in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and by your spirit bind us together with all the saints who have gone before us. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God, we lift up prayers for Bonnie today. We lift up uh, synods throughout the country, but especially the Sierra Pacific Synod today. We pray for Nathan at seminary. We pray for Carolyn in mission in Jamaica. We pray for those uh, people who are journeying towards new membership here at Trinity. Bless them. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In your mercy, O God, respond to these prayers and renew us by your life-giving spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share a sign of peace with those around you.
please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign. And you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death, and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, you we praise and glorify, you we worship and adore. You formed the earth from chaos. You encircled the globe with air. You created fire for warmth and light. You nourished the lands with water. You molded us in your image and with mercy higher than the mountains. With grace deeper than the seas, you blessed the Israelites and cherished them as your own that also we, estranged and dying, might be adopted to live in your spirit. You called to us through the life and death of Jesus. Remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, 
gave thanks and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Together as the body of Christ, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your Son, the firstborn of your new creation. We remember his life lived for others and his death and resurrection, which renews the face of the earth. We await his coming when, with the world made perfect through your wisdom, all our sins and sorrows will be no more. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, holy and merciful one, holy and compassionate, send upon us and this meal your Holy Spirit, whose breath revives us for life, whose fire rouses us to love. Enfold in your arms all who share this holy food. Nurture in us the fruits of the Spirit, that we may be a living tree sharing your bounty with all the world. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy and benevolent God, receive our praise and petitions as Jesus received the cry of the needy, and fill us with your blessing until needy no longer and bound to you in love, we feast forever in the triumph of the Lamb, through whom all glory and honor is yours, O God, O living one, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To communion today, you will go to the side aisles and you'll come forward. And at the front of these two side aisles, there are tables where there are uh, empty cups. You'll pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you will receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, these are also at those two side tables. Just grab them and bring them with you to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in the bowl by the aisle. We want everyone who is here with us today to know that you are very welcome to commune with us because we believe that this is not Trinity Lutheran's table, but the Lord's table, and that the invitation comes to you from Christ. We extend that invitation to those joining us online and by phone that you might commune with your church family this morning. All is now ready. Receive this invitation to communion. The risen Christ dwells with us here. All who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come. John, this is the body of Christ.
please stand as you are able. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, generous God, for in this bread and cup we have tasted the new heaven and earth, where hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection, that through our lives all may know life in Jesus' name. Amen.
One more reminder to join us downstairs uh, for Bob Lindmeyer's presentation. And let's thank our musicians one more time. God, the author of life, Christ, the life-living cornerstone, and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God. Thank you.